welcome everyone to Films with the Women of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Nicole. Hi, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Should be hearing this the day after New Year's Day. Everyone's hopefully recovered, and uh, hopefully. We, we, yeah, we had a smaller episode we wanted to do here, uh, but one that Nicole and I were both looking forward to for a while. We are reviewing Uncut yes. Gems. Very looking ex- forward to that for a while. So, oh, quite a while, a couple of months. So, we saw this trailer originally maybe in September or something like that. And um, and the trailer, if you guys haven't seen it, it's just an awesome, excellent trailer. Like, I know trailers are pretty much all good nowadays, but this one was, like, special, special good. Yeah, um, And I turned to you during it, and I'm like, I just shit all over Murder Mystery earlier in the middle of this year and how Adam Sandler is the biggest hack <laughs> piece of shit fraud in the whole world. And then I was like, oh, no, there's a chance that my favorite movie of the year is going to be a fucking Adam Sandler in it. He's just got that little bit of pizzazz in this one that he normally doesn't have. He's usually so one note and, uh, you know, you, you know what to expect with him. So this was something a little different, in my opinion, that brought that little bit of, like, uh, interest <laughs> He's not like his regular comedies that he's been doing for the past, I don't know, 20 years. I mean, he's got a couple of more dramatic things in there, which I like him in, which is what makes me kind of even madder at him, that he has the ability and, like, he could do things where he actually has to act and, like, try and, like, put a performance in. But he'd rather, you know, just sit around with his buddies and make a terrible comedy because, you know, people will make money. It's he's- Well, he's like the epitome of, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it because people still love his sh- stupid stuff. Not they so- do. Why would he stop doing that? <laughs> yeah, I guess if anyone was put in a situation, they'd probably do the same thing. It just, it accepts me he could be an artist and he cho- he chooses, he chooses to be just sitting on his gross piles of money because, because he's <laughs> sycophantic. Whatever, enough of complaining about that. Uh, Uncut Gems, though, is a Safdie Brothers film. It's only the second one I've seen because most of their stuff is really small, independent, hard to get a hold of, but their last film, Good Time, which stars Robert Pattinson. Uh, I like him quite a bit. Um, that we, is on... I thought we watched something else of theirs this year. The Safdie Brothers? Maybe not. We wa- I mean, we saw Robert Pattinson was in Lighthouse, which is another weirdo indie movie, but... Um, no, the last movie was Good Time, which came out in 2017. That's on oh, Prime and okay. Hulu, I think. Uh, their other movies are Heaven Knows What, uh, Lenny Cook, and Daddy Longlegs. I don't know if you've ever heard any of, a, no, any of those. I haven't. Yeah, so this this one, um, this last one they did, they have like a very fast, frenetic, um, tense, uh, panicky, and gritty grossness to their movies which i i quite enjoy um they're, it's they're pretty good. high strong like the feel of this movie is pretty like what you just said like intense and you feel sweaty and like you can't pay attention to everything because it's just a whole shit storm of stuff happening at once <laughs> and it's yeah if you have a high blood pressure i would not go into this movie yeah. <laughs> in the theaters um it's just it could trigger that um and uh I'll, I'll, here's a synopsis for uncut gems uh, Howard Ratner, played by Adam Sandler, is a charismatic New York City jeweler always on the lookout for the next big score. And when he makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime, Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. And it's a hard movie to describe the plot. That's a pretty, pretty good synopsis yeah, it because is. it's basically... It Adam Sandler is this guy named Howard, and he has a bunch of people he interacts with, and people just kind of fuck up constantly until the end happens. I was trying to explain (laughs) this movie to a couple of my coworkers. They asked me about it, and I'm I'm trying to choose the right words so that I don't 
give away anything, yet don't make it sound like it would be boring. If you've never seen the trailer, and I tell you, if you've never seen the trailer, and I tell you he's a he's a jeweler that's got a bad gambling problem, I mean, who's going to really want to watch that? But there's it's so much more than that. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good gambling movies out there that are totally different. I'm thinking of like Hard Eight, The Cooler. Like, there's a bunch of like these gambler addiction people. What's the other one we like? Mississippi Grind, the one with Ben yeah, Mendelsohn. Like totally different kind of movie, but all all of these, and they're all different from each other. But this is, yeah, it's it's. If I had to say one thing about this, it's not boring. It's it's definitely engaging. Um, but before we talk anything about the specifics of Uncut Gems, if you haven't seen it, it's in theaters right now. It just went wider. It came out earlier in the month, kind of select. So I think it's at most theaters now. So, um, if you're going in for a regular Adam Sandler dumb comedy, this is not the movie for you. Uh, if you liked Adam Sandler in like Punch Drunk Love, then this is probably something closer to what you're looking for. And if you're a Safety Brothers fan, you've probably already seen it because they're they're pretty good up and coming directors. I, I want more from them. Um, so we're gonna spoil it. Uh, last you like chance. Bedtime stories. This is for you. <laughs> I forgot that was actually an Adam Sandler movie. I, was like, I like that. Oh God! I don't want to talk about. Did he do the cobbler? <laughs> yes, he did the cobbler. Where he puts <laughs> shoes on and he becomes other. It, it just makes me angry talking about these other movies that he's done. They're ridiculous. The cobbler. I thought it was about like a baker making cobbler, <laughs> no, and then I found out it was the shoe cobbler, and I was like, oh, I don't care. Um, we. All right, we're going to spoil it now. We, we rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. We're pretty much with Howard the whole time, or one of Howard's other random associates, but it's almost all Howard point of view. The only part that isn't is our beginning beginning, which is in 2010, we are in Ethiopia in a Jewish mining community, uh, and two workers are sent into a tunnel that has collapsed, uh, and they discover a large black opal, which is like a gemstone. The, the titular uncut gem um and then we fast forward 2012 after a series of cool little shots that you know the opening credits and whatnot um and the whole movie pretty much takes place in 2012 i think um and kind of a- that opening scene with like the like the organs and then it's him getting like a colonoscopy <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. I like it. You go inside the gem real slowly, and it's all cloudy and mystical, and then it comes out literally in his goal, and I'm like, oh, oh Adam Sandler, he probably had a hand in making that happen. Just had to get one more poop joke in before you had to do before you had to do your serious role. You just had to get one more anus joke. Um, but Howard Ratner runs a jewelry store in New York's Diamond District. Uh, he we learn pretty quickly he's not a great guy. Uh, he's got a lot of problems. He's mostly is his gambling. Uh, he's got a estranged family uh, who is who his wife finally wants to divorce him. He got some some kids, uh, and we run into a cast of characters throughout the movie, anywhere from his his low level scam partner kind of uh, Keith Stanfield's character uh you get you know his wife Adina Menzel's character uh those asshole thugs led by Arno which we learn more about later uh played by Eric Bogosian and we get uh guys like you know Kevin Garnett the the basketball player he is in this he is in this quite a uh, bit one of his employees that we find out is one of his mistresses Yes, and what and uh, oh, I couldn't even get to her yet. Uh, Julia, who is Howard's employee and yes, uh, mistress, girlfriend, um, and all these people are all to a different degree scummy and bad and not particularly likable. Um, 
there's a couple of exceptions, I, I suppose, but uh, it is one bad decision after another, starting with the trade of his new, rare, priceless black opal, the one from the beginning. Uh, it is traded for one night, just as a collateral thing, so that Kevin Garnett can use the opal to gain NBA powers, because he thinks it's, like, magical. <laughs> uh, and he trades his uh, his his uh, ring, championship his, his championship ring. ring. And immediately, Howard's like, "All right, time to pawn this ring and off and to, to to make a bigger bet with the money." And offsets a series of horrible decisions by not just Howard, but many of his acolytes and associates and people coming after him and his girlfriend and his wife and all these people. So the plot is a downward spiral of everyone as we follow Howard's you know difficult time. We'll say for now. Uh, what do you think of the plot of this movie, Nicole? I think the plot is difficult to discuss without diving into some of the characters first just because the plot is so character driven you know like this Mm -hmm. nothing would happen if we didn't have the majority of these people um you know giving us little bites here and there so i think that just the way that they uh implemented all these different people into this movie was just really great work um everybody served their purpose and i i felt like every character was a necessity in this uh which was really good um i didn't know what to expect i when i hear when i see adam sandler playing a loud jewish new york bozo i'm like oh christ what are we gonna get into but he did such a great job and i think that's also a uh, a nod to how the directors and the producers made this because um you know watching this movie like we said already it's sweaty and it's like i can't catch my breath because there's so much shit going on and i'm overwhelmed because there's so much chatter and fighting and screaming and you know feeling nervous for howard <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know what the fuck he's going to do next and just the way that he deals with all these things that are happening in his in his present day is like oh my god this guy's insane and i feel bad for him and i just want him to just run away (laughs) i don't want him to deal with it anymore uh so i like the plot i like the plot um thought it was really an interesting choice to have this jewelry store with like kevin garnett coming in and like trying (laughs) and like what <laughs> who would have ever thought of this and um a little of it gets a, a little a couple parts get a little fuzzy for me when he has uh i think i think like Keith stanfield's character's name like damani or something like that when he's in here in it i like him a lot but i don't like his parts like i don't i don't care much for the movie at those parts because i'm just Mm. really not getting his vibe i don't get what his deal is so it's just that's not one of my favorites but yeah it's really really an interesting story um it seems pretty plausible it seems pretty feasible to have this happen uh you know in real life (laughs) which is interesting to say once you watch it but uh overall i I really enjoyed this i'm gonna give it a, a four yeah i think the plot is not the high point of the movie because there are higher points to be had. I think when we get to the characters, that will tell more about everything. Uh, Visual and sound, too. You talked about the chattering. There's some interesting sound design in this. But the plot, um, it's... it's, I was able to follow it pretty well. It sounds like you were able to follow it pretty well. I can see where people would be lost um, because it's not overt. You don't know... Because characters are constantly popping in and out of Howard's life, you don't really know where you are in the story. Or you, you could not know. I could understand not knowing. I 
felt pretty comfortable in understanding like but the that's date- like the the oversaturation of stuff is right. like I think that that's really beneficial for us because that's how we're we're trying to get into Howard's life, and this is probably what his head is like twenty four seven. And I get I get the the what they're doing, and I don't need to know the exact motions, uh, even though I think they're clear enough. I get it that there are multiple loan shark people coming in on him, and he owes money all over town. I get that he has a gambling problem, that he keeps he's going to keep making these bets. I get the stuff with the family. I get the stuff with the girlfriend. Like I understand everything that's going on. As big picture, the mechanics are so constant and overflowing that you could you could get lost. Um, but I I felt comfortable with all of it, and it's gonna be the lowest point of the movie, and it's still like a I might even give it like a three five um, because it is it's the messiest part of the movie, but it's but it's I could follow it, and I more importantly the broad strokes are there and clear. Um, but let's do the more fun part. The characters are. Mostly gross, hideous people <laughs> to varying degrees. Um, but I thought they were all to, do, to also to varying degrees really fun. You know who you're cheering for, even though there are they're all kind of bad guys in their own way. You know who you don't like, and it's clear. And well, um, I mean, it's you're, you're so right about that. Like it is hard to say. Oh, I'm I'm cheering this person when they all really fucking suck. Like. <laughs> You shouldn't cheer for Howard. He's a horrible bad person. Right. But you kind of got you're like, I come do. on, Howard, just figure it out. Stop fucking doing all this shit. That's what I said. I want him to just run away because I don't want him to deal with this shit anymore. He, he he's so ridiculous because there's a point later on in the movie we're jumping around a little bit here, but he has like a moment of clarity. I know you didn't. You thought the scene went on a little long, but he breaks down crying. He realizes how shitty he's been. Like forever and like he's like i need to stop i can't i need to stop and his girlfriend's there who he treats really poorly a lot but she's she's always along for the ride um and then after he breaks down crying garnett comes in and they have their big final exchange and then he's right back on the horse of wait i got one more big plan i think i could think it's gonna work this time and you're like howard no you stop you were so close just stop uh but all the characters so we got howard which we already said kevin garnett is in this quite a bit as a version of himself um and uh let's see i did yeah i already kind of went over the the wife and dina menzel's character dina um lakeith stanfield's demani was like his assistant who like recruits people i think that's how garnett got in touch with the place in the first place julia the girlfriend and then we haven't talked about him much arno is the well i guess we can say it now he's more in spoilers he's howard's brother-in-law which we mm-hmm. find out in a nice little scene he is like the lead of these other goons um and then he has the, those are the two goons that follow him around um i can't remember their names but they're they're not it doesn't matter. not <laughs> likable characters um and not like everyone else is uh and the only other notice of person i saw in here was judd hirsch was gooey the the father-in-law the the little old man uh <laughs> who he recruits later for assistance um but yeah those are all our characters uh what do you think of the characters in this yeah i mean i'd have to say that i my favorite dynamic here is between howard and julia i just think that her devotion to him even though he's just a shit boss a shit person a shit Mm -hmm. boyfriend uh Mm -hmm. he sucks everything out of her but she doesn't she gets a fucking tattoo of his name on her butt (laughs) and that we we find that out in like the funniest way when he's breaking down like (laughs) crying like i'm just a piece of shit what do you like like, after he had just yelled at her kicked her out of his apartment he's like i got this tattoo and it's howie and it's his face he's like why did you do that it's so good like her feelings towards him 
I I find them to be so genuine. Like I love her. I think she's hysterical. She's she probably really, my favorite, other than I mean Howard's great, but yeah, she knows she's a side piece, but she's fully accepting of that and loves it, and will love him as has her the side piece no matter what. Like I just think it's so great. Um, so I think she's definitely my favorite character. I mean, she's got a very important role at the end, which I think she does really great at. Uh, she's just so innocent and. She just really does a great job. I've never seen her before. Is she in, is she in other this stuff? Is, this is her first big role before this. She was a model and dominatrix. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's hot. Good for her. Yeah, they just um, kind of found her. <laughs> she made her own short film a couple years ago about uh, women in Reno. So, I mean, What's I her name? Uh, her real name is... I had it right here a second ago. Julia Fox. Oh, her Julia name's Julia. Fox. Yeah, so I have a feeling cool. they, they maybe she knew the safety somehow, and they just were like, yeah, come on in. That's but pretty badass. Good for her. I really liked is, her. She won the Gotham Independent Film Award for Breakthrough Actor in, this year, so hopefully wow. she has more stuff coming. That's good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think Adam Sandler, obviously the perfect choice for this. Uh, he could play a New York Jewish guy till he's blue in the face and everyone's going to love it. So, um, I think that that was a, a good choice on their end and he did a great job. Honestly, sometimes I'm really not a fan of Adam Sandler. I'll be honest. Sometimes I think he's just the almost worst always in the world. for me. Yeah. yeah but he did <laughs> but here, a great job. He works. <laughs> yeah. This was, this was a role meant for him. Um, I was, I had a moment of confusion when we had the, uh, dinner scene i don't know what it was for some sort of party and um maybe it was maybe it's like a hanukkah party i don't remember what it was, I think it was uh, Passover. a passover that's right passover and um i didn't realize that arno was the brother-in-law and i didn't i didn't recognize him at the table i'm like why are these two mm-hmm. guys fucking staring at each other <laughs> i don't understand and then i realized what it was i'm like oh my god that just added that little oomph to our story that i really liked i'm like oh shit this guy's he's just loaded here for the rest of his life because right. <laughs> you know he's he's always going to be there so that was an interesting detail um and dina menzel's character i liked her i thought she just played it very very stereotypically um of a wife that would be in this situation um i thought his kids were really annoying um yeah but i guess that was just them painting the picture of why this guy's life sucks so bad that he needed to, <laughs> he needs to resort to gambling and and swindling and things like that uh the one person that i want to say i was surprised at was kevin garnett in this and i want to say surprised because i didn't he was okay like i thought he did a good job i heard before going into this that kevin garnett was like spectacular and that's not what i think from this i Um, think for an athlete going in and playing themselves he did better above above average for that type of person you think of like other athletes who played themselves in movies like it just this feels better than average. i mean yeah you're right it wasn't cheese ball like he played a role so he i felt I like was a dude he felt like that. just yeah. like you know a rich a rich you know a little full of himself but like also kind of a weirdo dude yeah yeah no i thought he was fine um he just didn't live up to the hype i was expecting which is okay like i didn't i didn't expect him to be this grand you That's know, fair. actor yeah. or whatever, but, and the one character I was most disappointed in, I thought that Lakeith Stanfield's character was really, like, I didn't get it. Like, I, I get who he was. I, we usually really enjoy him and stuff, but that role where he was so shady and, um, 
you know, lied to Howard. Oh, yeah, I got the jewel. No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I don't have it anymore. That right. happening three or four times was like annoying to me. I just didn't, I didn't grasp that as well as I guess I should have. Um, but overall, everybody was really good in this. It was really freaking fun to watch. And, um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. Um, yeah, the characters, I think, other than the visual and sound, which we'll get to in a second, are one of the biggest strengths of the movie. Um, it could be the best Adam Sandler role I've ever seen. And I've only liked him in two <laughs> other things. So, and I've seen him in plenty to know his, his filmography. But, um, yeah, this is, he's just su- such a likable, despicable lead. Um, you really do cheer for this degenerate. Like, he is, he's got the charm and he's got, and he, and he, he's working it here. And the, in the fucking trailer, I keep going back to it because that's like what won me over. And, um, there's the scene and they showed in the movie where he's with Idina Menzel and he like looks right at the camera. He's like, please give me another shot. I'm like, are oh, you fucker? You're looking, he's like, he's looking right at the me's in the audience who have watched his fucking horrible comedies and like, had to, and, he, and he's, and he looks at, he's like, yeah, come on. He's Howard. He's like, yes, yeah, give me another shot. Like, yeah, you asshole. And I did. And it's, it was good. Um, yeah, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm glad you like Julia. Cause Julia is the best. Oh, yeah. She's really likable. And she has, uh, before we spoil the full ending, I mean, one of the happier endings, maybe the happiest ending of it, of all the characters here. Um, maybe. I don't know. We don't really know for sure. But it seems that way. Um, I'm curious what Malakai and Jess would think, because usually they don't like the, the side piece girlfriend characters. But, but I think she, she was just so genuine like she played this role so well i totally bought her that she just was this like absolutely loved howard in this crazy like sick little puppy dog girl way i don't know but like devoted but um yeah garnett solid um lakeith was good at what he was doing i just didn't like his character like i didn't like what exactly how he was being used i kept thinking when i was seeing him in the trailer uh remember um what was the other movie with the it's and they're in oakland black and a white guy um blind spotting Blind spotting. The main character in that, David Diggs, I thought he would be a better choice for that kind of character. Because Lakeith isn't a lot of stuff that I like, but this isn't like what I associate him with, really. Like not this kind of like shady, like back alley dealer guy. By himself as an as a character, it wasn't too bad, but it's the wrong position for him to act this way. Yeah. And, I, like this is the wrong movie for him to act like this in. His motivations were the weirdest to me, I guess, because, like, yeah, he's dodging the calls. Why is he doing that? Like, what's his motivation for that? Later on, he destroys the office, and we find out why, you know, he's he's got those fake Rolexes. I think I don't know, that's another, the only big plot hole in the movie is, if he owes all this money, why not just sell a bunch of his jewels? And I think that, the little relationship supposed to lead us to believe that not all his shit's good like not all of it's like actually is valuable like he's trying to sell this opal for a million dollars we learn on later it's like worth like what 175k which is still a lot but like he definitely ups (laughs) his stuff like it's not it's not legit um and any other characters the goons are a good threat they're not likable characters are really that interesting um i do kind of like the the um the brother-in-law towards the end like you know what come around on him a little bit i like how non- heavy-handed they were like we could like when they're in the jewelry store and they come in and they're like yeah you we you owe us money like where's the money at you know they're not holding a gun up to his face and they're not choking him and all this stupid shit they're they're acting cool in the middle of the store and they 
take him outside and punch him in the face. Like that's I like that. That's because true. That's true. Yeah. It's not overwhelmingly like, oh, we're gonna come kick your ass. Here we come. The you know, kids like, play is a good example of that too. Or the yeah, other, they take it's it out subtle. It's very subtle, and I appreciate that more so than them walking into the jewelry store with customers in there, and they come and oh, if you don't, if you don't pay us in the next twenty four hours, we're gonna kill you. You know, like they don't do that, which I yeah. appreciate. And uh, I guess the only like Idina Menzel and the family are more so that we understand Howard better than they are standalone characters that work well on their own. I think when they're with Howard, I understand his relationship with the with the three different kids. They're all very different relationships, and I get just enough taste of each one um to understand it uh like the girl the, the obviously the daughter he has a strange but the one kid he like gambles with and they like joke around and like have a good time like i like the different little little bits there uh and then judd hirsch i always loved seeing judd hirsch i liked him as the old the old he's funny <laughs> man and his, his his one scene at the auction which i guess we could talk about because where else we're going to talk about it um there's the auction <laughs> where where uh kevin garnett's opal or i guess it's not his opal yet it's it's uh, howard's opal um it's going to be going up but he needs to get it back from garnett who borrowed it but he has to get the ring back you see all this, these 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 crazy things that happen eventually though the opal does make it to the auction garnett's bidding on it and howard can't just let him win it he needs to he needs to, to up bid him up. he's trying to drive the price up so he tells his dad he's like don't worry garnett's good for it he'll he'll keep bidding up so he keeps like nodding to judd hirsch across the room and judd hirsch keeps bidding it up and eventually <laughs> garnett's little advisor is like no nah, i'm not gonna keep bidding it up and so judd hirsch gets dropped with this two hundred thousand dollar opal you just see him walking out he's so mad and i was like oh you know i really didn't think it was gonna go that way <laughs> like it's oh my god that was a good i like that part that was it's so all funny. done so stressful that's the thing is this whole movie is so stressful and infuriating but fun and it's, it's just a good balance but enough about all that the characters for me are a four or five they're solid um no major weaknesses in the acting just some character motivation issues keeping it out of the full five um but our lead's great a lot of good side characters the visual and sound though i really want to talk about this because go it's, for it it's phonetic I'll, I'll i guess i'll give mine first uh visual and sound in this um I'm close to a five, but I think I'm going to, oh, I'm so, you know, I'm going to give it the five because I like, I love what they've chosen to do here. One of the big things you talked about earlier is the, the muffled sounds, multiple conversations at once kind of thing. It seems very organic and real. It's wild. It is. It's like, it's even hard to follow sometimes. And you and I were subtitle watchers. So we saw this in the theater. We didn't have subtitles. We had to really like try to pay attention to who's saying what to who, like, and not um, to interrupt you, but when you, brought up that scene where Damani is in the office and he's, you know, looking for his watches and he's ripping shit apart. Mm-hmm. I fuck I missed that. I missed all of that because I was yeah. focused on the phone calls the, were all coming in constantly. Co- and the conversation with Kevin Garnett. Like I was missed I missed all all of that powerful part because I was watching something else and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know where the fuck to look. I don't know what to do. <laughs> You could you could definitely go back and see this like multiple times and oh, pick up yeah. all the they uh the Safdie brothers actually had you know how they have um like sometimes in scripts they'll have like dialogue for characters out of focus to say and they'll kind of have a little bit of things here and there but for the most part it's just like like uh, they call it peas and carrots you just say nonsense words to each other peas right. and carrots peas and carrots and then that's what the background characters do and this they had forty three extra pages of dialogue for characters Holy who are not named just to talk in the background and have specific conversations to muffle the sound and make it feel like a crowded nightclub or a shady sidewalk like every time they're going somewhere they're 
specific written conversations for the extras to have when Kevin Garnett comes in, there's like three or four different conversations. Garnett's talking to the, the, the one to Julia, but he's talking to, to Demani and, and his like doctors this, on the phone saying shit at uh, the same time. Like, Oh the my phone God, call stuff is so good. Uh, the, yeah, the, the colonoscopy doctors on there. And then you also have the, um, Garnett's like a s- assistant or something on one of the lines because he's trying to get a hold of him and then there's like a third call going on like there's just so much sound going on and then the soundtrack I love the like the synth techno music to it like it keeps them everything going and then when it needs to be quiet when it has to calm down when he has to talk with um, Idina Menzel in that little um, dressing room later on in the movie when he's asking him to give it another shot and it quiets down it calms down Breaks the tension with good laughter, gets right back on track into craziness. Um, the, the reason this movie works even more so than the awesome characters is that uh, the, it's it's visceral and kinetic, and all the sound works great. And the visuals, I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're, it's, they're, everything's just done so correctly. I love all the zoom ins to the opal, and I love like the transition shots. Everything looks fantastic in this. Um, I could I can't knit too many picks. It's a five for knit too many picks. Pick too many. <laughs> <laughs> it's five for me. Um, Nicole, what do you think of the vision? Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. I thought that this was just really perfectly done. And that thing that, that's grabbing our our attention the most is, like, you just brought up that the extra dialogue that was so unnecessary to make, but so necessary to implement because it really set the tone of how he wanted us to feel in this. He wanted us to be in Howard's head. And I swear to God, I felt like that because my brain was going nonstop. Could you imagine this guy who's, who owes X hundred thousand dollars to 10, 15 people and he just got this jewel and he's helping out an NBA player and his wife and his girlfriend and this and that and the other blah, 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 blah. Like that is what he feels all day long. And no wonder he's fucking insane. Like <laughs> they, <laughs> they played it right out for us in here with, you know, that tension that he built with, with the sound and the dialogue. It was just really impressive. Um, they, they chose to set the tone of the, the, like the time period by that whole weekend portion. Right. Um, the weekend is in this. We didn't even mention the weekend as well as other rappers cash out in Trinidad, James. I don't really know them, but yeah, uh, that was okay for me. I think they just wanted to say they had the weekend in the in a sh- movie. <laughs> it was know. the whole little thing where Julia's doing but the point of it was that, in that the background with her bathroom with him. And then he thinks she fucked the weekend. Yeah, I know, but I could have gone without that. Um, (laughs) you know, I, I get, I guess we had to just keep the the movie moving of him having to kick Julia out of the apartment or whatever, but the, the scene of his apartment looked like 2012, I guess, if you want to say it that way, he's got like the old, like an Xbox in there and all the goofy lights and like, it's like a neon lights in his apartment. And, um, they did, they did a good job of setting the, that setting the scene regardless of how I feel about needlessly putting the weekend in there. But um, no, all, all in all, I thought it was just really fantastic. What was your number? I don't remember. Uh, oh, I'll give it a 4.5. Okay. And then let's, uh, we, we've talked about all like the middle stuff. The end though is uh, Howard, get, he, he has his big last crazy idea. He sells the opal to Garnett. Then he does this crazy speech to Garnett about, like, they don't think you're going to cover the spread and get all these points and rebounds. Whatever. He's speaking in... Um, Just nuts. And he's speaking in, uh, what is it, like, gambler terms. Like, he, the, he wants the three-way 
bet with a 7% VIG, all this shit that I don't know how to speak any of it, but he's speaking that way this whole time, convincingly. Um, and he's like... He's not convincing believe- to Kevin Garnett, because Kevin Garnett's looking at him like he's got three heads. Hey, Garnett's like, this guy's fucking crazy. And like, <laughs> I think, and that, and the whole time we've been on Howard's side and like looking through Howard's eyes, but after like that scene where he breaks down and has this moment of clarity and then goes right back to being crazy Howard, from there on out, I feel like we're more fly on the wall. We're more like watching everyone else because he's gonna howard makes this crazy bet he has julia go and deliver the money to mohican's son so he can make the bet um and the goons come in to try to get him uh they get locked in that little um in the little entrance way we set that up earlier very nice it's a good example of they set it up earlier with a tense scary scene like it was you freaking out because garnett's coming back with the opal he's like get the open the door just get it you're afraid he's gonna leave at any point and and then so that helps that part and then later on it's also necessary to be the opposite to trap these goons in so that he can place the bet and yeah, have them not good. try to it uh, it's, it's so it's written so well like that um but he's got all these points in the game and now we're watching the the big game against against the sixers yeah 76ers that's us Yay. um <laughs> We're we're sitting there watching it with everybody. The 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 Julia's with that creepy guy and the Mohican oh son. He well, a riot. The, <laughs> a couple of little scenes, but that dude. And when she goes up to his apartment because he because she's Come avoiding on, those other guys, he's like, "Oh, you make People yourself might be comfortable." Coming up, it's food. I'm gonna go pop in the shower real quick. It's just it's so good. I'm so glad you're here. You're so gorgeous. The food's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go back to the jewelry shop, and those the three fucking goons are sitting in are sitting in that little room and they're sweaty. You know it's hot and gross in that little that little waiting area. They well, can't get out. They flashed a gun too when they went open yeah, the door. Yeah, the one who's the one asshole. I can't remember the one asshole guy. There's because there's the brother-in-law who's like the leader. There's the one asshole guy who's like the second in command, and then there's the third goon guy who doesn't really do anything. Um, but yeah, they flash the gun. They're like, let us out. It's bulletproof glass. Um, so Howard. Now we're just all watching as Howard and everyone else watches the game, and he's doing the crazy thing. He's getting up and cheering when things are going right. He's just talking to himself the whole time, oh and God. he looks. This is the part of the movie where, like, no longer are we in Howard's perspective. We've been pulled out to see how truly insane Howard is. Like how he's like he like he'll just do it. Like, and they even have um the one moment in the trailer which they're using here. Uh, the one guy's like, "You having a good time?" And he just looks at her. And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> he's just having a good time. Like this, this is what he lived for, and um, it, it, in the end, it's it's what he dies for. Um, because they, they win the game, he gets the money. Julia gets the money. Julia gets the money at the airport. The Mohican son gets out in a limo and uh, and drives away. But um, when Adam Sandler lets out all the goons to the thing, you think they're gonna. The, the brother-in-law looks like he's ready to forgive him. He's like, "All right, you, we somehow worked. Just pay us off and let's bit over with." But but goon number one's not having it. Goon is so. Goon number one has been so pissed at him. Entire time, he just pulls out his gun, shoots him right there in the store, Dude. point blank. Didn't did not see it coming. Um, no, <laughs> did not see it coming. And no, then not at all. Goon one and two start trashing the place, stealing things, while brother in law is trying to escape. And so he goon one kills brother in law too, who was Dude. I guess supposed to be his boss up to this point. But um, the end is yeah, uh, and the, you know the two guys, Phil and Nico. Here's their names for anyone who cared. Uh, Phil is the, the main asshole, and Nico's the little sidekick. They're looting the store while Julia leaves with her winnings, and that's how we end. Not we, we knowing zoom. that her poor boy, sappy boyfriend, is all shot up on his jewelry store floor. <laughs> yep, we don't. We she she doesn't know that he's done. Um, 
and yeah, she I, she's going back, but like we we then there. So we bad for her. I feel so bad for her, but I'm glad that she's got all this fucking money. Even though, unfortunately, she's gonna show up. Like I've, I've been thinking about the next coming couple of hours after this movie ends. Yeah, what happens? Her, we end it right here. We end with Phil and Nico looting the store, and she's got the money on his way on her way back. But we I don't know. know. Do they don't go you after think her? About, like, don't you think about like? She's going to fucking show up there so excited to see Howard and has all this money and they're going to be standing right outside and probably shoot her and take the fucking money and go. Oh, I, it's, it's I, so I choose to believe she someone tells her and she gets away. I choose to believe because <laughs> they don't tell us. So I'm going to choose to believe she got away. She's fine. Those goons aren't chasing her anymore because they got all of Howard's shitty jewelry and that's what I choose to believe. I don't want to believe that she didn't make it because she's <sighs> the most likable character. Um, but that's like that's the end of our movie. We zoom back into Howard's bullet hole wound, and we get the that same um, like uh, intro kind of thing where it's like all the fuzzy colors and going through the, the the opal as we did in the beginning. So, what do you think of the resins and feel here? Um, I really like this movie a lot. Um, being from uh, New Jersey, I I've seen a lot of people like this um st- not having a stereotype but i've seen a lot of people that just act this way and um just have that vivaciousness to them and and just a really crazy attitudes so i'm not saying it's bad it's just something i'm familiar with so i enjoyed mm-hmm. seeing it um you know i like that being represented in a film uh and when it's done well it's fun to watch so i think that they did a really good job of it you know it was made us feel uneasy, but in a good way because I was means I was really invested in it. Um, a couple parts, as in true Nicole fashion, I get bored with long scenes, and mm. there was the scene that Brennan likes when he's having his little moment of clarity. I was ready for that to be done and over with. <laughs> just this is <laughs> yep. how I am. I don't know. I just can't. I can't sit through sometimes when I'm ready for the. I think that the point has been proven, but whatever. Regardless of that, I can look past all that and just see that this was a really good movie. It was really put together well, and the storyline was different. And this is a side of Adam Sandler that we want more of because he does really good at this. This is it's a good niche for him to do. Um, I'm gonna he give just, it a. F- if you just gave more of a shit, if you just tried a little harder. Yeah, be, seriously. Like- and I actually heard. I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody told me that Adam Sandler said that if he didn't win a, what is this? You that told me this or someone? Else? Yeah, I told you. I don't know if someone else told you. But yeah, someone yeah, else told me it too. But yeah, they in an interview that Adam Sandler said if he doesn't win any awards for this, he's gonna make the shittiest comedy film ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, please no. Just give <laughs> him the award. Don't, let, don't make him do that. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> we want more of this. Um so I'm gonna give it a four. I thought it was just a pleasant surprise to see this movie put together so well. It's so gross though that this made like twenty four mil and that fucking Jack and Jill movie made like a hundred mil. What's it's Jack in- and Jill. One of these places, twin God. sister. Stop. <laughs> I just, I, I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, oh, God. It's, it's such a shame that this, that movies like this were like, I don't want to get into it again. This is a, I had super high expectations going in. It was my most anticipated movie other than Star Wars, which I don't want to talk about either. Um, this this hit my expectations. Um, it didn't exceed them because you couldn't do much to exceed them other than be the best movie of the year, which I don't think this is going to make my 
I mean, it could make my top five, but it, it's not the best movie of the year. Um, but it's really good. It's really like it's 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 in the conversation. It is up there. Um, it's better than Good Time, which is the other movie I saw. The Safdie brothers. I want more of these two directors. Um, and I yeah, I would like Adam Sandler to keep doing these kind of roles and maybe hang up the comedy boots because. Um, they're horrible. They're just not good. They they haven't been. People will be like, "Well, I like his like like Billy Madison was good. No. Like Happy Gilmore. I'm like, they really aren't though. Like they're like I you, they're not. I don't they care a, if you they think have like a just... cult following somehow. Like people, well, people. I feel like people are like diehard Adam Sandler fans. They are. Being there a, are people who NASA. genuinely enjoy like all his comedies and think he's really like. But it's. Oh. I also just don't have a tolerance for that stupid shit anyway, as you know, so it's just never been something that I've sat down and there's enjoyed. Just, there's just types of dumb comedy that, like, I like, like, the Anchorman kind of stuff. Like, I like Will Ferrell. I know you don't, but, like, that's, like, dumb comedy. I don't know. I get I get I'm still behind picking it what kind of comedy I like. I think I still need to figure it out, because... You're not much of a comedy person. Although, I'm you not... like, um, like, Pitch Perfects are co- comedic. You yeah, like those. I do. I don't know. I have to still think about what actually makes me laugh genuinely and not just like, wow, that, that was really fucking stupid. The intruder. <laughs> yeah. That made you laugh Things that hard. aren't supposed to make you laugh. <laughs> All yeah. said for me, there isn't a feel in this. And it's, it's, it's not, and it is a decently sticky movie. It shouldn't be. A type of movie like this shouldn't. It should be kind of disposable fun. But I really do remember a lot from this. There's a lot of sticky things to it. I would like to see this again, maybe even before it leaves theaters. Uh, Oh, I don't know, like a four or five. It's really up there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much more to say, I guess, overall. Um, but would you recommend Uncut Gems, Nicole? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely would. I think it's something that people will enjoy. Um, it's got a lot of crazy shit in it. It's got some characters that a lot of people would like. I think people would really enjoy watching Kevin Garnett acting. Um, he's a pretty cool guy, so I think that that was pretty special to see. Um, That's coming and- from a Lifetime Sixers fan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this was difficult to watch for me sometimes when they were dogging on the Sixers. But uh, no, it really was a good movie. I would recommend it. Yeah, I'm on board, 100%. Recommend, easy, 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 recommend. Um, it, it's interesting, though. Like, I saw, you know, we were always looking at the critical versus audience scores in Rotten Tomatoes. I always like the 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 differences between um, audi- or, uh, critic score, no surprise, 92, deserves it. Uh, but audience score, do you know what it is? No. 54. Wow. Audiences are not liking this because they're fucking stupid. You're stupid out there if you didn't. Like, you're dumb. I'm calling you out. Why don't you like this? And, uh, whatever. All right, then. <laughs> All done with that. Um, that's Uncut Gems. Two recommends from us. So if you if you trust our opinions on anything else, go see it. Um, I don't and then, know why you would, but plus you if you do. Why you trust us? You should trust us. This is ridiculous. Um, so, Uncut Gems in the books. I think we have one or two more 2019 movies to do before we do a slew of listener suggestions and we dig into all that good, lovely 2020 stuff, as people, I think, mostly know. 2020, or not 2020, January, February, March, this is not the time for good films, typically. It is the, the dumping ground the first quarter of the year. So Jess will be on a lot of reviews coming up, is what I'm basically saying. Um, but we also have uh, listener suggestions I haven't forgotten. We we are going to get to them. We're just trying to wrap up the 2019 award stuff before we we dig all the way in. We have a couple lined up. So actually, I think next week, I think next week will actually be two listener suggestions if if I th- I think they're 
both streaming. So, um, yeah, send in those listener suggestions to films at the women in my life on Facebook or to me, probably the better place to reach out is Brennan underscore pod host on Instagram. And I know I've said it before and I'll plug it one more time. The Instagram tournament we have going on right now is the best movies of 2019. We had the top 32 as drafted by our four co-hosts here. Um, and you guys can go on. There's a new match every Monday through Friday at 1 PM Eastern time. Uh, and voting is open for 24 hours. There should be one open right now as you're hearing this uh either the end of wednesday's match or the beginning of thursday's match or later i guess if you're listening to this later uh that's it for that though brennan underscore pod host on instagram one more time for that and nicole thank you for being on for uncut gems until next time this is brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies thanks for listening to films with the women in my life if you enjoyed being a listener in our life subscribe to us on itunes please leave a review as it helps more people find the show like us on facebook at films with the women in my life follow us on twitter at films women pod and check out our website films with the that's films with the women original music for the show was created by ian burke original artwork created by nicole d'alessio this show is produced by brennan snyder Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.